Hey, everyone. Very excited to have you all for our 100th episode as a special treat. We wanted to do a bit of a throwback, so we've made our 100th episode sound like our first episode in that the sound quality is very poor, uh, at least on my track. It's really bad for the first like two minutes. Um, then it gets actually listenable after that, uh, though still very bad. So enjoy 100 episodes, everybody. Thanks. All right. We are recording. You recorded this on this software? I just recorded on the thing. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Brian, we've done it. What do we do? It is episode 100. It's the centennial, right? (laughs) 100 episodes. Of course, there are more episodes than that, really, because there's a whole, like, Patreon feed. Yeah, if you go into Patreon, there's hundreds of episodes. This is the hundred. And we just, we've been, we've been planning this for months. Mm-hmm. Um, for once putting together this we've got so much planned the main event of course we thought you know for episode 100 we've got to go big uh, we've got to get a really really good guest guys uh, look uh, just think, we, think in your mind who have you wanted to hear on Seattle side if you guys can see us right now here on Seattle side yeah, this person, uh, due to their, I guess, job, you could say, due to their commitments uh, to the city. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to say too much and give it away, but yeah. they showed up early. We recorded the episode, and if you guys can see us right now, we're getting. We're very excited that you're going to hear this very special guest. Uh, Greg is just ear to ear. I am hopping out of my seat here. Who, who did they get? Did they finally get Jenny Durkin? <laughs> uh, not just on the show, in my house. Jenny, come over and grab a mic. Uh, it's it's not Jenny Durkin. You got to think bigger, guys. This is uh, somebody who's been in the news, somebody who is uh, playing a big role out there, and uh, we're so excited. I, I guess there's nothing left to do but roll that interview, right? What's up, dude? Uh, man, just trying to survive. Yeah, <laughs> another day in uh, in paradise. Just living that life, dude. Just having, yeah, yeah hell yeah. Two kids, uh, wife now back at work. All the good stuff. <laughs> oh, good times. Well, <laughs> yeah, we are so excited to have you on the show, Colin. Uh, our big. Uh, special guest for the hundredth episode of Seattle Sucks. <laughs> get we've got Colin, everybody, long last, long lost host of the podcast. The question on everybody's mind, I'm sure. Where the fuck have you been? What is going on over there? Yeah, you don't want to know. Just <laughs> hold up, uh, proving I think that um, the nuclear family was a mistake. 
is untenable and needs to be abolished. But yeah, just so, a lot of domestic work, pretty much. Nothing fun to report besides um, watching a lot of movies. But that's, oh, that's, good. that's about it. Um, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, we've wished you congratulations on the show with you on it. It's on the birth of your uh, youngest child, um, because the second that happened, you disappeared from the earth. Yeah. Have so there congratulations. Been... Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> have there been any new children since then? <laughs> Are you planning a third, fourth, fifth child? Well, uh, no, is <laughs> the short answer. <laughs> Uh, at least not right now, um, and definitely not again when uh, the world is ending, I guess. Um, <laughs> so not ever again, then. <laughs> exactly, yeah. You, you mean with the uh, red horizon out there? It's not the blood red horizon isn't convincing you? Yeah. See, Colin, you have to keep up because uh, me and Bren, we're not going to have kids because we uh, don't like them. And Greg's <laughs> not going to have kids because he's infertile. So <laughs> we need to figure out. You got to keep up for the rest of us. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Colin, yeah, so you basically like, the kid was born in like the first week of the lockdown, basically. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, April, uh, and near the end of April. Oh, okay, all right. Um, and so, oh, man, still, still very young. So then, um, so you've just been, just been chilling, uh, dadding it up at home. And, yeah. Uh, stuck, unable to interact with the world at all. Um, Pre- pretty much. fear of, uh, your newborn child. <laughs> well, I, I think maybe I mentioned this, and I'm not sure how interesting anyone will find this anecdote, <laughs> but uh, uh, considering I haven't really talked to anyone for months, that's not, <laughs> not even a joke. Um, but it wasn't really so much our youngest, but our oldest daughter, who's going to turn four now because we've been in hell for so long. <laughs> um, she was kind of the real, the real problem uh, that made doing anything at night pretty much impossible. In fact, I think she's still awake. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, you, you heard that, listeners. Um, no Christmas gifts for Colin's oldest child this year. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have been bad. Oh yeah, Did you watch the horror movie about the child who's terrorizing their parents called no, Z? I, still, I meant to send it to you. I think you told me about that. I need to see Wait, that one. Real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm living it. So. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a documentary filmed at your house. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Oh, man. So do you wear your Bane mask when you handle the kids to prevent the spread of illnesses? Yeah, when we go out, we're all masked up. We're doing that. Well, but we honestly, we don't really go out. Uh, I, For better or worse. Uh, in my opinion, mostly worse. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're pretty much honestly holed up here, and it's going. I'm going a little bit uh, out of my mind, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, many uh, happy regards to your whole family. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I look forward to uh, meeting your second born at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Probably when they're graduating college yeah, or something. Right. That's right. When, when 
the uh, time release safe door on the bunker that you live in finally uh, kicks open. They come out like Brendan Fraser, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they'll actually come out to the horror that Brendan Fraser assumed was awaiting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wasteland, like, that, burned over. Yeah, it, like, coming out of your uh, rubble just in time to see, like, flames lighting the horizon and Lord Humongous just driving his convoy. <laughs> <laughs> across, Magnolia, yeah. yeah, over what's the, what used to be Magnolia. <laughs> that, that whole operation roll up the Magnolia Bridge and blow it behind him. <laughs> Hell yeah. That'll be the end of uh, your peaceful little Magnolia life. Yeah, that's going to be Andrew Lewis will have changed his name <laughs> to Lord Pigamongus. <laughs> Follow me yep. to Bullet Town. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fuck. We missed you, Colin. I, know, um, I, I missed you too. I, big happenings for you too, right, Brian? All right. Well, yeah, big big happenings for me that Greg just talked right the fuck over. But don't worry, we're used to it. He basically lives at our house now. So, <laughs> that's, that's so yeah, the, the, yeah, the big happening for us is that we also have a child. It just turns out he's a teenager. <laughs> Would a teenager drink all your beer, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> drink all your beer, smoke all your cigarettes, and eat all the food in the fridge. <laughs> all those are true except one. But, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, the uh, I'm assuming you're referring to the marriage, and it yeah. was very nice, Colin. It was very wonderful, well, and we congrats. had a great time. I'm glad you're um, able to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was good. I mean, you know, since no, none of my friends or family actually listen to this show, I can't <laughs> say it is nice to have a wedding that's only like four people. I bet, pretty yeah. sweet. I bet, <laughs> yeah. That's that is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um. But yeah, man, uh, we've been getting like nothing but listener feedback telling us how much they hate the show, how it really went down <laughs> on like April 1st or whatever <laughs> went downhill. So we're glad they're going to be back for all future episodes. I hope no- so. <laughs> I, I do hope so. If you'll have me. It sounds like Greg has kicked me off the island. <laughs> well, but- I, mean, I, I was going to ask you what you thought of the ongoing quality of the show, because I know you've been diligently keeping up and listening to every episode of your own podcast well so here's the thing i mean i'm not joking i haven't listened to any podcast since the birth of my second child that's not does a, it doesn't make us feel better i i feel like any podcast a, not a, a single one picture needs to be painted here because i that just the level of depravity like (laughs) deprivation that you were living in does not compute to anyone outside your household like what what could possibly be going on yeah i mean not pass the time with a podcast okay paint a picture for us sure sure why should we never have children well (laughs) i wouldn't say you should never have children but i would say that (laughs) just not these children <laughs> well, not the children in these conditions. I think that the pandemic, uh, while having a profound effect on literally everyone, has had a pretty extreme effect on kids, especially slightly older kids. And so, I mean, part of the the problem for me was I, I mean, I still have to work, right? And luckily, my wife had time off. I started a new job, so I didn't qualify for any of those uh, uh, leave 
mm-hmm. um, oh, benefits because yeah. um, I hadn't worked there long enough. So nice. I didn't. I mean, I didn't have any leave uh, to take. So I've been working that whole time, um, part time still. But then, obviously, watching two kids at one time, even when you don't have a job, is kind of tricky. So I would have to kind of switch out. I'd be working, and then something would go wrong, or I'd have to watch a kid. And so basically what that meant is, you know, during the day when they're awake, you could work maybe two hours, but you'd have to work five hours uh, of time, you know? Yeah. So on top of just living with kids, uh, there's no time for literally like anything else. So uh, that's the short <laughs> version <Yeah. laughs> uh, of this. But I, we're, we can't be alone. In fact, I know that we're not alone because... Uh, I've heard similar stories from people with slightly older kids that there's just no, I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there's nowhere to take them. There's nothing to do. They can't, some, some can go to school. Some can't. Uh, it's just a, it's very tricky. Um, cause kids don't want to be holed up in the house. No, of course not. Yeah. Yeah. Family. No, it, it's gotta <laughs> be awful. I mean, they, they gotta be about to explode, but I do oh, want to return totally. to this, this podcast business. Cause I'm very yeah. concerned that your children are not hearing me and Greg's voices. And that's, <laughs> yeah. you're not playing it just it, like as background in the house to soothe them. Like verbal stimulation. That, that is fair. And, uh, actually I used to, when I was a uh, stay-at-home dad for the oldest one, I used to listen to illicit podcasts, but then um, I got in trouble. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, can't, I can't do that anymore. So that's yeah. that's part that is part of the reason why. Because otherwise, I, I would definitely would have just put a podcast on and listened. So I'm sorry. Uh, I've wanted to listen, but I, I've but, listened to but nothing. But you're worried that when when mom comes in the doors, you might say, fuck the police. <laughs> uh, well, I'd hoped that she would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you're just more afraid that Z is going to give like Greg's review of a Loving Spoonful <laughs> album <laughs> shared on the show. Yeah, she's going to go off on her grandparents about being boomers. <laughs> Greg's currently in jail for making fun of Boomer <laughs> Rock. So was was a beautiful songwriter. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, man. Damn, Colin, it's good to have you back. It's yeah, good. It's good to have a. It's, it's good to invite a third back into our relationship, <laughs> Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Colin, uh, yes. you've prepared. Um, some content for this episode oh yeah we're waiting for the article you want to read yeah yeah take it away colin uh yeah i didn't i wouldn't say i got that far hey doesn't stop us (laughs) well colin lucky for you uh we had we picked something out just for you all right it hits everything it hits your job it hits your you know it's yeah, it's your your second job as a parent. Oh, perfect! And knowing that you've gone through these things with your you know kids slash students, uh, I think <laughs> I think you were ready to go through this article in GeekWire and hear your oh, thoughts hell on yeah. it. GeekWire, my favorite. <laughs> All right, this is Colin's from GeekWire. It's uh, this, this is the Collins um, computer uh, advice <laughs> corner. Yeah, exactly. So we're getting some tech support for Seattle Public Schools from Colin right now. <laughs> So this is GeekWire. Seattle Public Schools' return to remote learning gets off to rough start with technical problems. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay, so that's just the headline. Can you tell us... What problems what, have you had? What, what should they do? What have they done wrong, Colin? Well, did they try turning it off and back on? 
<laughs> Classic advice. The first lesson in remote learning is apparently have patience. We're already off to a smirky start here. I feel I know what kind of article this is going to be. As Seattle Public Schools kicked off the new school year on Friday with another go at online teaching and learning, technical issues plagued the experience for many students trying to connect from home. Quote, we are currently experiencing slow internet and learning platform access uh, due, <laughs> due to the high volume of traffic this morning, the district said in an alert message to families that flashed across the SPS website. This has resulted in disruption of service on district-issued laptops. So, so what hearing is the students uh, did a denial-of-service attack on the, <laughs> uh, on the district servers. Is that right, Colin? They just wanted to learn so much that they the herd thundered right, right into that server, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, so what, what, what's your advice at this point, Colin, as, a, as our resident computer guy? Uh, well, it's just, it's hard to know, but my guess would be don't privatize every single piece of your public, um, (laughs) (laughs) public education apparatus. That would, that would be just where I'd start. I think, but by the way, did you see, I think it was in Miami that some kid like DDoS does high school and fucking brought down the fucking (laughs) website for the high school. Good for him. Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. He learned more than anyone else. That (laughs) (laughs) That kid rules. That is, that is the 2020 equivalent of pulling the fire alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Massive. Yeah. Network. God, that rules. <laughs> that kid's so awesome. I, I want to get that kid on this show. Yeah, uh, SPS's Department of Technology Services said teams were working on the issue and would update when they had a resolution. Oh, As of this God. afternoon, the district was unable to say how widespread the problem was, how many students were trying to connect, or whether the issues would be resolved before school resumes next week. Is this your job, Colin? I just know vaguely that you work with computers. Is this your job? Are you doing this, Colin? I mean, this is. Are you on the team? This is becoming uh, everyone's job. In fact, <laughs> let's just put it that way. But uh, it's a real bummer when you're trying to be connected with services and you can't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So, quote, there is no doubt that this fall will be challenging. And I am thankful for the ways our families, educators and staff are working together to help all students succeed, no matter the circumstances. Superintendent Denise <laughs> Juno said in a welcome message on Thursday, quote, one thing we have all learned during this pandemic is to expect the unexpected. Um, I mean, Seattle Public Schools expected to be online for like months, right? (laughs) (laughs) Are they saying that this was a surprise to them? (laughs) Well, Brian, it's not like they knew how many people were going to use the website or anything. So, Yeah, it's not like they have like uh, numbers for the amount of students. No no way to anticipate how much traffic you're going to have. Yeah. Uh, with more than 50,000 K through 12 students in the Washington, in Washington state's largest district, it was a rough start to an already complicated situation as families grappled with a return to school during a COVID-19 pandemic without the physical school. On social media, parents tweeted about trouble with school-issued computers, inability to access public online learning portals, and being booted out of Microsoft Teams classrooms. I can, yeah, using- as I say, I can already tell you one problem they could get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even realize. Colin, do you use Teams at work? I do have to use Teams at work, and it does indeed suck. 
Yeah, it's fucking awful. Like, uh, do you have to use that, Brian, to teach? No, we use uh, Zoom. But the thing is, is that I have a bunch of friends that for a while in the pandemic, we've all now stopped doing it and just like uh, bunkered down or whatever and stopped talking to me. But for a while, like every week, we'd all get together on a video chat, right? And watch a movie or do trivia or whatever. And uh, one of my friends works for Microsoft and like runs like website services over there and kept demanding that we use Teams. <laughs> and then we used this person's not your friend anymore. We, we used it like 20 minutes in. There was like an insurrection. And like, everyone's <laughs> like, no, like, we, like, because we tried Google Hangouts and nobody liked that. And then we did Zoom and we decided it was that we could live with Zoom. It, you know, it's not the best, but it was fine. And then the Teams experiment. Yeah. yeah, teams went 20 minutes and everyone's like, no, just like quit it. They're like, no. <laughs> the language that uh, was deployed there was pretty, um, sounded like it was written by a chatbot AI. <laughs> <laughs> a service provided by Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, GeekWire is just entirely written by chatbots at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they had the option, some students abandoned school devices and tried using their own. But some tweets indicated that the connectivity problems persisted. Oh so they were able to get tweets out and that's it. Just like sending smoke signals up. <laughs> that fucking rules. Isn't like, so if they're, does it, so yeah, they've clearly outsourced the, um, the, the, software to microsoft they're using teams does that mean they're do you run teams off of your own server is that all something hosted by microsoft i you know i don't know definitively i think it's all hosted now by microsoft like that would be really weird and antiquated to like a, a big networking thing like that that you would like so for some reason run on your own you would want to like outsource that completely yeah that i mean that's kind of the trend for sure I and mean, that's probably what they did so then the question is, I guess, like, if this is just a, a, they couldn't, like, Microsoft software, like, couldn't hack it, basically, <laughs> like, in their servers? Because, like... Yeah, well, I mean, if 50,000 people, it, who knows? Maybe it was configured in some weird way, and 50,000 people were all trying to connect to one thing at one time. I, I mean, I don't know, but this is... This is part of why everyone hates software and computers. <laughs> None of it works anymore, and uh, no one seems to really care. Uh, I think we call that progress in the world of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing works, yeah. but it all costs more. Yeah, exactly. There's only so many choices you have. Yeah, yeah, and you have to buy a subscription to all of them. Mm-hmm. All right. So in my own in my own home, so in the chatbot's own home, <laughs> in, their, in their pod, my oh, eighth wow. grader in my own home in the cloud. Yeah, my eighth grader watched his cool uh, Jesus Christ watched his school PC spin for twenty minutes as he waited to connect to an orientation meeting. I'm just picturing like at my own home, it's just the Sims house, and like you know, it's just making uh, like uh, emoji faces and stuff. It's just someone holding their crotch yeah. to the bathroom that was never built. It's like a storm cloud over their head because they're mad. Uh, that, would, that would probably work better than Teams, like legit. <laughs> just get everybody. <laughs> they should just get them all into Minecraft and yeah. just teach them yeah. out of Minecraft. I bet someone's yeah, doing Is that. there a multiplayer function? That would probably work better. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I mean, this is what the same world. This is what Second Life was. 
So, Colin, I, I shit you not, Bryn has been looking uh, online for, like, uh, jobs doing uh, child care, you know, like uh, 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 nannying and preschool and stuff online. Yeah. And one of them was using Minecraft to teach math and logic to, like, five-year-olds. Cool. And they wanted, like, a certain amount of Minecraft experience, which I thought was very <laughs> funny to me. And I'm just trying to picture, like... It's like a fucking sweet grip. Like on Zoom trying to teach five-year-olds Minecraft. I mean... Uh, excuse me, rich five-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. No shit. Five-year-olds of wealthy stupid people. <laughs> Are we sure we're not pitching Parasite 2? <laughs> um, they should really... I mean, the school district should just basically like give up and just use Facebook. You know? Everybody get on Facebook... Have their own network for the school. Oh, they can just exist that way. The bo- what, what are the, what are they what are they going to be missing out on? Boomers would be so mad if they got crowded out of Facebook. Like yeah, if all the kids own, came on. They could silo it off. <laughs> all right, so. They have some tweets from some of the parents here having problems. And uh, Steve J uh, says, my son is in the same boat. Looks like Seattle Public Schools VPN network is completely collapsing under the load. Ah. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I like this. this is like, wait, this is a dad who's like weighing in on like, yeah, yeah I saw I read uh, I had like a spinning hourglass with a with a seven word error message that I'm interpreting as we're asking you to do, Colin. But like, is that like what? How how uh, does that pass the smell test to you? That it's their VPN that's fucked up. Yeah, it could. It definitely could be. Uh, well, yeah. Colin, maybe this will clear this up. Uh, his handle is at Bushido Coder, <laughs> which I honestly thought was your handle, but I think this guy beat you yeah, to he it. Stole, he stole it from me. Uh, we got at native voter here. Uh, it's possible that Seattle public schools vastly overestimates my ability to troubleshoot a VPN issue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, that's ironic. That's pretty funny, actually. actually, Uh, What a fucking hell world. Like you take all the worst parts of bureaucratic technology and then you subject kids to that. Kids and their, their, and their parents. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this guy right here uh, gives like a little hint too to what kind of hell world this is, which I hadn't even considered this, but it absolutely has to be true. He says, uh, aggressively administered Windows machines do not make for easy debugging when your kid can't join his class. So that's the other part of it too, is that these machines have to be like completely fucking locked up (laughs) Well, and like lock the fuck up. So like as a parent, you can't even like get on it and like go into fuck like you probably can't even look at the settings or anything or any of that shit. There's remote, you know, you, you, the administrator and the it guys can get on remotely and do that. So they're probably doing the five of them are probably doing that for all 50,000 light tickets now going remote into each windows machine. And, uh, (laughs) And fixing it. I like this. Uh, in California right now, they have rolling blackouts. Uh, but Matt Zeger says in Seattle, we have rolling connectivity issues since last night. So, you know, wow. we're all suffering out here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I love this. This is just like an inlet. They just have like an inlet. <laughs> A series of tweets of parents complaining about not being able to fix their kid's fucking computer. That rocks. 
Yeah, this rules. I'm very excited about the future of school being entirely online. Uh, so at the college level for years, every university has wanted to go entirely online because there's a lot more money in it. And, uh, you know, it has been the position of people that teach at them that that would be an enormous fucking disaster as far as at least, you know, even pretending to do education. Uh, and it's nice to know that that is 100% correct. <laughs> it's nice to get a real world example. <laughs> That's 100% correct. But to the point that they, of course, like, every part of this pandemic, no one's wanted to like take any, any like serious action and leadership and like bold sort of stance and say like shit has to be genuinely different. I think that's very much the case with this. Like obviously they can't have in person classes, but like they're also, everyone's clearly trying to basically do school as it was and is, but just online in these, like these video rooms, you know, absurd. I mean, they basically need to throw out, everything about like what school is going to be for these kids for this year at least and just and do something else just like mm-hmm. the ground up like had to expect them to learn a lot fucking less like basically just like okay like every kid you know read a book that that's it it's like <laughs> like, I'm, like go back to like uh like 18th century like tutoring you know where it's like but- Go go read an old book, and we you send know, out those like readers, and then get back to us. That's it. Does, you know, does Jeff have a autobiography yet? He has to. There's no fucking way there's not a Jeff Bezos autobiography. That is what everybody should have to read. Yeah, that's that's my vote. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. They should find if uh, uh, the Big Problems book ever had a manuscript written for it and, and kick that one out. <laughs> Hold on, let's see, Jeff, autobiography. Day one. <laughs> there's, there's some book called The Bezos Letters. That's what everybody should have to fucking read. <laughs> that, seems like, that sounds like uh, a C.S. Lewis title about like corresponding with a demon. Yeah. <laughs> the, Bezos, the Bezos Letters. Oh, my God. This, this collection of Jeff Bezos books is so fucking... Every title is so horrifying. Like, Jeff Bezos... The life lessons and rules for success. Very <laughs> middle, pretty generic. But I like this one, Jeff Bezos, the force behind the brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that new Star Wars is really gonna. Go <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, just fucking rules. Uh, Colin, as somebody who has children, uh, yeah. my opinion was the kids should just, yeah, like, like I said, just not go to school for a year. And I actually think that that doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. You know, I actually, <laughs> I was reading something that um, there is a school of thought that suggests it, it really doesn't matter. Oh, and yeah. uh, especially for younger kids, I don't think it matters as much as we think it does. And there are definitely more interesting um, ways that those kids could probably be spending their time rather than. Oh, absolutely. Below high school, at the yeah. very least, there's like literally you're not there, nothing gets learned. <laughs> yeah, what, like, what is the point of going? Yeah, there's literally no point in having them show up. That's fine. There is development needs in children. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, but they missed a year. It wouldn't matter. 
Like, well, if you didn't go to fourth grade, you'd be fine. Yes. <laughs> the, the very, like, I mean, the schools that we have now in this country suck anyway. So, like, but, no, they do need to be doing something to yeah, do that for sure. intellectually and socially. Uh, Minecraft. Um, I think coding camp, probably. Coding game. Oh, uh, Colin, did you want to? Did you wanna, yeah, did you want to? Did you want to launch your Magnolia oh mindset God, academy? Well, Iron's hot. The Magnolia mindset, um, machine learning academy, academy for yeah. child soldiers. <laughs> I, can, I can assure you that our VPN would never go down. <laughs> I just, I just seeing the tiny hands furiously double keyboarding, keeping uh. it open as. As the uh, enrollments pour in, yeah, our our VPN is kept open with the blood of the non-believers. Just keyboards covered in blood as they're <laughs> typing. It's the Magnolia mindset to freak pipeline. <laughs> All I see is new enrollments. <laughs> I can't remember uh, if it was what you need to train the kids on. I think this happens in hackers where like one of them is not typing on the keyboard fast enough. So another one just gets on the same keyboard and is also yeah. typing. <laughs> and you should teach the kids how to do that. Like that that's what should be the kids need to be learning right now. How to type on one keyboard with two people. Well, what I mean, what is the more elite um, skill? Is it learning to cooperate on one keyboard simultaneously for double the efficiency that way? Um, or is it one super coder coding simultaneously on two keyboards? On two <laughs> yeah. A la swordfish where Hugh Jackman is doing two computers at once. Like he's a, uh, like he's a uh, Mozart and Bill and Ted's or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, spike yet, right. right there. There is a school of thought. Uh, there, are, you wouldn't be surprised to learn that there are many schools of thought, but there is one called pair programming, which is exactly the first one you described. Two oh, okay. two brains sharing one keyboard. Oh, wow! What about two sets of hands? That's what I they actually sew them together like fucking mangala, <laughs> set them down in the chair, make them work one keyboard together. Yeah, that's pretty much what my workplace looks like. <laughs> or at least my home office well if Elon Musk gets his way right like we'll be um you've been following that Colin like oh like, yeah that um that brain, brain implant yeah he wants to do an implant that you know and the, the old story of sort of you know connecting to the the net mm -hmm. uh jacking in yeah whatever it's well, cool right it's <laughs> all good and as soon as it's available early adopter yeah, yeah, you're gonna get that. Well, I want to. Uh, I think what, what is it in Neuromancer? I want to flatline. I want to be <laughs> <laughs> the ghost in the machine. The guy. It's basically you die, and your consciousness yeah. is trapped in this uh, <laughs> in this alternate realm. I'd oh, like to be that. I think. Release. <laughs> yeah. As I say, the the brain implant's all good until it starts to leak into your brain, and you have to go find a, a hopped up dolphin to suck the fucking information out and crack the code. You know. Well, yeah, and I can't wait to see the tweets of um some you know guy in Las Vegas whose brains just caught fire. <laughs> 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 it's gonna be uh uh what's the fucking johnny depp movie where he's trying to find the necronomicon or whatever mnemonic 
No, no, no. The one where he's, he's hunting down the book of the dead or whatever. The, the rich guy Ninth finds gate. it. Yeah, Ninth Gate, where the rich guy at the end lights himself on fire. And he's like, I, I don't feel anything. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be that guy. He's going to be typing on Twitter, just tweeting like one tweet every like half second, just flying through him. And he's going to be like, I'm so, I'm on, you know, I don't feel anything. I'm so close to God. He's like on fire as this brain chip is burning his fucking skull. But yeah, it's going to be that. I love it. I love the future. This is going to be awesome yeah well i thought you meant the the um what's the johnny depp film uh i was thinking ninth gate transcendence oh my god that movie was uh, was uh, bad uh, i like the rest of america i did not watch transcendence (laughs) (laughs) uh the wally wally fister is like one uh feature film Mm. directorial uh yeah you haven't seen transcendence brian uh no like i said like it's about a guy who i watched uh, a lot more man so if i could get it brain or something and downloads his consciousness and he's like a he's a genius uh coder like colin and ellen Um, all powerful. That's great. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I already saw Lawnmower Man, so I'm good. <laughs> like, I got it. But, a, a really, like, awesome, uh, you know, next level idea that Wally Pfister just had to turn into a feature film <laughs> as a director mm-hmm. for which he gave up his spot as um, Nolan's DP. Um, yeah. <laughs> Only he. Made him rich and famous. And <laughs> now, uh, you know, uh, he cannot go back because uh, no one works with uh, the Dutch guy now. Yep. Uh, he uh, only he could bring that vision to life of uh, that movie that we all remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Only Wally Fister, one of the biggest douchebags I've ever met. <laughs> 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 Parody of a Hollywood prick. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Colin, I mean, look, this episode is already off the rails. What What do you think is the best hacker movie, Colin? Oh, shit. Uh, well, like, um, are we talking comic kind of hacking or? No, no any any uh, metric you want. Any metric you want. I take them all very seriously, though, so just know that. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I like that one with uh, Thor where he just hacks all the computers by kicking doors. Yeah, where he like kicks doors down and like shoots people to like hack them. That's <laughs> He's like, a, that's a Michael Mann movie. Yeah, I, that movie I, I've sucks. seen that movie, though I did work on it. It's <laughs> 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 attempts to watch it. It was uh, so bad, but um, <laughs> it has many fans, I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, He's just like punching guys and like I'm hacking the mainframe, just punching people. <laughs> I mean, uh, the original hackers is funny for sure. It's based on real hackers, like real people. Oh it's yeah, like, I read the backstory to it, which is yeah. insane. The yeah, people that founded uh, 2600, the one of the oldest hacking magazines uh, in the U.S. Anyway, um, and there there was a sequel. I think Hackers Two with Ski Ulrich, which was about Kevin Mitnick. Wait, what? Yeah, so Wait. Kevin Mitnick is uh, he he got caught and went to prison. Like his big thing was mostly social engineering, where he would just call up big companies and pretend to be someone, and then they'd give, <laughs> they'd give him access to their computers. <laughs> God, the past ruled. It was yeah. so awesome. I mean, you can still do that shit. Like, um, I didn't tell you guys, but someone stole my SIM card, and I'm like, my they stole my phone number. And I, mm-hmm. right when um, my daughter was born, and I think they did it this way. I think this is the only way you can do it. You call call in somewhere and pretend to be someone, and yeah. then somebody let, gives you access you shouldn't have. 
So he did that a ton of places. And I think mostly what he had done was like steal time on phones because that's what they love to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Just he got caught. free shit. I mean, what's better? Yeah. 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 I mean, fuck. So when did Hackers 2 come? The, the, the fact that there's a Hackers sequel yeah. is the biggest news I'm going to hear all week. Well, and there's so there's a meta movie and I can't I mean, it's not really meta, but it's about um, that group of hackers from 2600. And they talk about hackers and they talk about hackers too. And I wish I could remember what it was called, but I'm, I mean, I'm sure you can find it with just that information, but it came out in the nineties at some point. Um, I mean, obviously after the first hackers and it's, it's not made super well, but the story is interesting because it is about a real guy who was stealing stuff from companies like basically being cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think he being <laughs> zero cool. I think yeah. is what you mean to say. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, you know, it's not a hacking movie, but Pirates of Silicon Valley is, um, you know, I watched that, I think when it came out, I was like in high school because it was a made for TV movie, right? Yes. And, and I can attest it fucking ruled. And it also, it taught me from a very early age. This is back when Bill Gates was still a public villain. And it taught me from a very early age that that man fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and it was, uh, that, that was was, every kid. That's, you know what? Fuck this year of school. Every child should have to watch Pirates of Silicon Valley yeah. and write a report about why Bill Gates is the villain of the film. True that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like uh, when this pandemic ends, you know, 20 to 30 years from now, uh, we should dust off. We should have a we need to have some sort of hackers movie that Colin needs to choose a hacking movie. <laughs> That'll be our next Seattle sucks movie event. Yeah. Well, Greg, that would make sense, but I mean, um, hackers too exists. No, we did the article. What was the other thing we were going to do? Oh, I have, I have Lauren Culp's uh, well, thing. Yeah. Colin, we're going to catch you up on some politics. Oh, yeah, yeah. Colin, do you want to... Oh, what, what's politics? <laughs> <laughs> it's every day, man. <laughs> so... Uh, to catch you up on the governor's race, uh, we got this guy, Lauren Culp, running. He's a sheriff, yeah. mm-hmm. a, a constitutional sheriff. My kind of, my kind of man, for sure. Exactly. And uh, I'm sure that you probably helped him with this website and everything, so you probably already know this. <laughs> but he has a solution section. Are they and final, get- Brian? <laughs> well, it is telling that the very first plank on his solutions page is titled homelessness, drug addiction, and crime. Yikes. So I feel yeah, I feel like he like once this solution is done, he feels like they're good. Yeah. <laughs> that covers a pretty wide swath of humanity in this man's eyes. <laughs> yeah. So here's uh from his web page here. Homelessness in Washington is at a crisis level. Many, well, you know, I think we can all agree with that. So, so far, we're all on the same page with Lauren here. (laughs) We're we're all voting Culp so far. (laughs) Many parts of our beautiful state have been turned into chaotic communities that resemble or are worse than conditions found in third world countries. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm still kind of with him here. Many of my opponents have agreed with the current governor's assessment of the crisis and his proposal of spending millions in taxpayer money to build homes. This does not address the underlying causes of most homelessness, which is mental health issues and drug addiction. 
Building new housing for the homeless without addressing the core issues will result in new ghettos, disease, increased crime, and more deaths. Washington needs real solutions for addressing the root cause of homelessness. I'm it's v- almost boring in a way. Like, <laughs> how, like boilerplate it is. It's like, yeah, we could, I mean, we could just like shoot down every one of those. It's almost too, like, it's almost too easy. I don't know. <laughs> um, I want you to know, Colin, this began with Greg saying, yes, let's definitely read this. Brian may sound good. <laughs> I literally told him what was in it. <laughs> just heard that first headline. I thought he was going to say some really like wild shit, but he's just saying like homelessness has nothing to do with economic issues. It's uh, drugs and mental illness. And... <laughs> We need to lock those people up. I mean, it's like we've done, like we've done this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I was really hoping for some real, like, wild QAnon shit. You know, uh, no posse comitatus, <laughs> uh, bathroom sickos, save the children. I don't know. Like, he doesn't even like say like we need to round up all the homeless and put them in camps. Like, I mean, he's running for governor. He could at least like try. <laughs> well, his first, uh, so he has three bullet points. The first one being zero tolerance where, uh, if you can homelessness. Yeah. Well, drugs and crime, zero tolerance for all those things. Well, as he said, if you are any of these things, it's because of drugs, right? So if you're homeless, <laughs> it's because of drug addiction, right? Or so drugs, it's because of drugs. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> crime. It's because of drugs. So, Under zero tolerance, he says, some on the left like to sell the idea that it's compassionate to not arrest drug addicts. It's exactly the opposite of compassion to leave someone in the cycle of addiction. In fact, it's probably the cruelest thing he could do to these people by allowing them to stay in the cycle of addiction and poverty. The truth is, tough love with zero tolerance policies work when they are coupled with drug rehab facilitated by drug courts and tough enforcement of narcotics laws. Now, the funny part about this is the drug rehab part that he mentions here, he actually then says, no, we're not going to do that. (laughs) 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 It's pretty funny. um, That's just so, like, worded with such restraint. Like, this is actually, like, basically, that's a very mainstream line. Like... Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm really unimpressed by uh, like, the, that's a very basic just like boilerplate like like uh, he's I he basically sounds like a Democrat it sounds like he might actually be trying to win the governor's race in Washington State which uh, that was not what I was hoping for right wing uh, law and order shit is boilerplate that's what I mean this yeah. is like this is just old boring shit yeah well, what about this, Greg? Empowerment. Empower our law enforcement professionals. Oh, no. <laughs> to actively yeah. take okay. drug dealers and addicts off the street. Okay, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Currently, our lax drug policies invite drug dealers and addicts to Washington State because right. they know they won't go to jail and the state will provide resources for them to stay in their addiction. Yeah, those policies exactly why, end exactly why everyone's out on the street. <laughs> those policies end <laughs> on day one when I'm elected governor. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it, I love because this one has the more of the right wing grievances you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. One that the that the homeless are not from here, which yeah. is always my favorite one. <laughs> the, 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 the addicts. 
too. Uh, well, the, the interchangeable. The criminal class. <laughs> yeah. I think, it, to sum it up. <laughs> Yeah, are not from here. Where are the where are the homeless from in other states? Who knows? But the ones here, not from here. That's for sure. But I do love just having a a, bill, a bullet point in bold that says empowerment, and then right after say empower law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ones with all the guns need to be empowered. Honestly, it's not like it's really moderated. Really, it's like it's got like he's got like a a woke word up there at the top in bold, and if you want to read more, then you know where he's coming from, but even that is pretty, um, I mean, that's the Democratic line, empower cops to solve our problems. Yeah. Uh, it fucking rules. Uh, do, 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 do. So finally, he uh, finishes with partnership. After touring a community, uh, after touring a community-funded rehabilitation program in southern Washington, notice they doesn't say which one, it became clear to me that communities are more equipped to manage the drug addiction problem in Washington than the state government. While success rates in government-funded programs are historically low, I'm going to go and say, said the opposite, just <laughs> right above that, but that's okay. This is three paragraphs you would have to read, so who could keep a thought in your head for three whole paragraphs? Uh well, the success rate for government-funded programs are historically low. The success rates for community-funded programs that enforce rules and programs of accountability are often well over 75%. That is a lie. That's not, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a lie. <laughs> As a governor, I will empower these programs to expand the efforts across the state with little to no impact on taxpayers. So basically, partnership... Empowerment is empower the cops. Partnership is public-private partnerships <laughs> to, to offload our criminal class. Not even that. It's, what he's saying is we're going to turn over the entire space as much as possible. We're going to remove funding, any public funding for this, to open it up as a pre, purely free market enterprise um, <laughs> so that these beautiful for-profit uh, you know, rehab centers can uh, run tables. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that's the Lauren Kolb. I'm, I'm looking forward to all of us uh, together, arm in arm, three of us uh, <laughs> marching down to cast our ballot uh, for Mr. Kolb there. I personally think that we are still on countdown till he reviews that he it reveals that he's a QAnon guy. You know, you can say that uh, just because he's like a, a hardcore constitutionalist, like quasi comitatus type sheriff. Um, <laughs> it's the assumption that he's this wild person, and either he's got—I mean, may, look—it's just going to get started soon, so who knows? But you know, maybe this is all coming from his people, you know, and he hasn't really had a chance to get out and start talking. That could be. Yeah. Well, you know, that's—you know what—we might get fucked out of it because of COVID, because he's not going to give like public speeches. Whereas if we—if he was out giving some. We might actually get this. Oh, or if there was a debate. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. Debate. Uh, Colin, you cult man? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's got some real great ideas. But, uh, I mean, to what you said, Greg, it, this does sound very consistent with the Seattle is dying or the Rufo brain bug brand of mm-hmm. Seattle law and order um, politicking around this whole crisis that we that we're in um which is interesting because i i mean i think that's sort of this was the great myth of the the council races that all these um for us anyway reactionary 
people was somewhat moderate language, right? Insidiously moderate language that was mm-hmm. crafted to to appeal to both the left and the right might be successful, but it's it's hard to see this this working. Well, it's statewide, right? So like that, you can see this failing utterly in Seattle and King right. County, even. But and I think that's true. I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think you know this guy has any. This guy won't. Yeah, you know, they'd be lucky to get double digits in King County, but um, for the rest of the state, like, who the fuck knows? I mean, if this guy is crazy enough to get turnout, then who knows, you know? But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't seem that crazy. It seems boring. It's like, this doesn't, this, it does seem like it's uh, triangulated. It's weird. It's like, it seems like it's triangulated to appeal to, like, law, your regular, like, homeowning law and order. Democrats. Yeah, I, I think you're anybody else. I think you're right about that, Greg. I mean, so I, because so I see it failing on both both counts. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's the weird Washington politic thing of uh, Republicans sort of pretending to be Democrats. Um, <laughs> well, I, I just think this is the if you're going to have a website like I think if you're a politician and you're running for some major office, you essentially go to the uh, political science store of failed political science grads <laughs> and you have one of them make you a website and all this shit is just like, it's like Mad Libs basically. They just hand you like Mad Libs and you just put like those three bullet points, like empowerment, solutions, whatever, were probably already there and there's like, just put in what you what you want to empower. <laughs> like it's like a blank. It just said under it, what do you want to empower? And they just filled that in. And they just fill out the rest. So you know, I, I you know, I don't think any uh we, we've long since passed the era where you could get a true crank website on a politician running for office. Yeah, I want a true crank Republican candidate to run against Kinsley, and this guy is supposed to be it. Well the thing is I think if we got to hear him talk, like we if we like, if we actually got to hear him talk, I think we could get the crank out of him. Only but now a couple of months left. Um, <laughs> Jesus, there is only a couple of months left to this fucking election. Holy yeah. shit, dude. Um, so, I, I mean, t- turnout's going to be determined by what the turnout is overall. I mean, it's largely going to be influenced by the presidential election, and that's up in the air. My my bet all along has been lowest turnout election in decades. Yes. Um, and then it's a at which point it's a toss up that Trump could easily win. Um, but who the fuck, who the fuck knows, you know? Well, all of Eastern Washington is currently on fire. So this guy's base, uh, might be running for their lives currently. So that could affect it. I mean, who knows, right? We have a pandemic. We have fires everywhere. It's 120 degrees in LA. Who knows what's going to happen anywhere? Like we can find out that just before the election, a meteor is going to hit or some bullshit. Uh, Either way, I mean, obviously this guy doesn't probably have any chance in hell, but I mean, like, the scenario would be if there's this historically low turnout election that the Trump, that the Republicans do come out for. Mm -hmm. Um, Republicans win low turnout elections. That has been the thing for the last 40 years, 50 years. People have voted Republican in every election. A few die, a few more are born. That's it. That's all that changes. And... (laughs) If that happened to the point where Democratic turnout was so low that Trump could win, and you had a Republican gubernatorial candidate in Washington who was playing to that crowd, who was doing the Trump thing of I don't give a fuck and I'm going to say all this crazy right-wing shit, um, 
Yeah, who knows? Maybe. Can yeah. Get people excited on that. You can ride that wave. But this doesn't seem like it's going to do that. But yeah, we'll, we'll see in the debates, I guess. Maybe he's just going to drive all around Eastern Washington just firing a gun in the air with a big sign <laughs> behind him. Well, Colin, um, you know, I have stayed on the Trump train that Trump's going to win ever since Biden got the nomination, mainly because I don't want to have to like refill out my ballot and everything. <laughs> um, but Greg, I think I'm slowly making Greg cynical enough to join me on this train. Where are you at, Colin? You, you mean the train that the Trump train? Yeah, yeah. Are, do you think Trump's yeah. you think Trump's going to win I, or are I, you I, I think I Biden's going to win? No, I, I still think he's going to win. Um and I, there, there was a brief moment where I thought he could lose, but I, I agree. I think that turnout um, nationwide is going to be down where it matters for a variety of reasons. Um, and I mean, that, that's we know we, we've seen this uh, play out before. Biden's polling worse than Clinton was in all the states that matter at the same time. Uh, his brain is even more jello than Trump's. Um, I what hope do do they have of winning those states i mean we know that all the sorkin you know coastal dems are going to come out with their pussy hats and vote biden but it doesn't matter so yeah yeah well like i i think the question was like when all this started the pandemic and the economic collapse it was like yeah normally under any circumstances for the last 50 years you would go oh this will fuck the incoming president but we're seeing it not sink in. It's not sinking in. It's mm-hmm. not have, the death toll is not having a cultural impact at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. people, are not aware. people do not have any concept. Most people, even nobody, nobody has any concept of this relative to uh, the only thing that matters and the thing you could possibly judge it against because it is, it is like a meteor hitting the earth. It is something <laughs> that you have no experience with. Um, and so the only way you can judge it as a populace is against other countries and like to know how bad should it be. And America is completely incapable of doing that. Certainly most of America is, uh, it's certainly the people, I mean, in this race that we have now between in an aging Democrat and the Republican incumbent that nobody cares about and the Republican incumbent that pisses everybody off. The only thing that matters is like the democratic strategy of convincing Republicans not to vote for Trump, right? Like that's not a good way to win an election. The better way would have been say blowing it out by 30 fucking points with Bernie, but the, but we foreclosed on that. And the Democrats are now, uh, you know, strategizing to win it by half a percent. Um, and the strategy for that is to get a few Republicans to defect and, thing is none of them no 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 one's absorbing this shit and everyone else is gonna is gonna tune out for that reason so now the economic side of it is truly hellacious um like but i i've been saying all along like there's a real question about whether the impact of this can sink in nationally Mm -hmm. because we don't have a we don't have a press that even can has the tools or the inclination to make people understand like your average people in America, because it gives, it would give the game away. They can't admit, even if they say numbers, blah, 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 this and that, they can't say to America, the American economic system like is 
crumbling and will never come back and is a total disaster. Like, no, they just keep talking about what shape the recovery is going to be, right? Mm. Um, the latest letter of the alphabet I, I heard was K. Yeah. Um, I saw that too. Which uh, <laughs> is cool. Um, but again, that's not, it's not on this, this culturally pervasive layer level. That's, it's not, it, it's going to be ne- this time next year that it sinks in on an overall level. Meanwhile, the people who are, who are, it is sinking in for are just the poorest fucking people in America. Most of whom never voted anyway. Yeah. yeah. So all these people getting evicted are just people who are either never voted or they're, uh, city dwelling democratic voters who yeah. are getting kicked out of their apartments. Meanwhile, all the fucking, uh, uh, car dealership owners are, are going to get through this fine. They're still going to vote for Trump. The, all the beautiful boaters out there, mm-hmm. like Jesus, the boat, the boat, uh, the, uh, regattas, uh, flotillas, whatever they <laughs> are, are, are the rallies of 2016, right? Like the, yeah, Colin, were you able to get your boat out on the water for the Trump days? <laughs> I didn't quite make it for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, all this negativity aside, I, you know, me and Greg talked about this last time, but I have confirmed there will be three in-person debates. Hell yeah. Between Trump and Biden, where Biden can use his razor sharp intellect <laughs> to win people over. But the funny part is they changed all the locations of the debates from their original locations. And the second debate was originally going to be at the University of Michigan, is now taking place in Miami, continuing the Democrat tradition of refusing to go to Michigan before an election. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes me very confident that this will go well. Those, those- the debates are going to be horrifying. I mean, Biden mm. spent the whole time like just talking about what he's not going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's going to look like a horrifying uh, wax statue that has come to life. Uh, but yeah, like he's already in the hall of presidents. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the, uh, I, it was Balance with Mr. Biden <laughs> was crazy. The, the, the thing that you're talking about today, right? That it was like 51% of what people yeah, 18. This is a yeah. people out this week. Yeah. On fucking real in America, 52% of young adults are living at home. When I say young adults, people between 18 and 29, mm-hmm. 52% of 18 to 29-year-olds are living with their parents right now. Yeah. As of this month. Which are people... Yeah, when everyone's pe- getting fucking evicted. Yeah, and think about like... Uh, if you want to understand how insane this is and what a dire situation this is, imagine listener living with your own parents. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and how horrifying that would be. Hell, hell. <laughs> I did it when I was like about 30 or 31 for a few months when I moved back from California. And I was like, it'll be a month, maybe two while I get a place. It ended up being like five months. I, I thought, oh, whatever. I need to look. Of course, it was incredibly hard to find a fucking place to live in Seattle. Um, so it took a while and, but I, day three, I was like, oh shit, I did not, I did not realize how, how fucking awful this would be. <laughs> like I, 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 yeah, it was like a major hit to my mental health. Like, I got on medication for the first time because of that episode, okay? When I go to like visit my parents, even though I know there's like a deadline, like four days from now, I'm going to leave. 
like, but I'm staying at their place. I'm already like, I fucking hate this so much. <laughs> but yeah, this is tragic. But the thing I would bring up about that is that, you know, Biden today had some tweet where he was like, uh, you know, if you like me, uh, I'll try and get $15 an hour minimum wage or whatever, which, you know, years, I mean, certainly Obama never fucking would agree to any of that. And But one, everybody knows Biden's not actually going to do this. And two, like, when 52% of people 18, 29 have to live at home because of their situation so bad, what the fuck is 15 an hour going to do for them? Like we're, we've, we've passed the band-aids. Like <laughs> the band-aids aren't going to get anywhere. Yeah. Who gives a shit? They're so, they'll be so busy not doing all the things that need to be done. <laughs> up in the minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour will like yeah. will roll off their back. Like, oh yeah, f- fuck. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of low, I guess. Whatever. When you're while they're busy absolutely foreclosing on a Green New Deal or Medicare for All or fucking just anything real uh to combat everything oh, yeah. going on here, they might just go like eh, yeah, I mean sure, fifteen dollars an hour. Well, basically, once like you know, Congress makes a you know passes a debt collection law for landlords that allows them to like turn your debt over to fucking Blackwater to like to, to collect you know the five thousand dollars in late fees they accrued during the pandemic on your rent. Uh, you're not going to care about the fifteen dollars an hour. When we find out, when we get into the full like um, the full breadth of this economic crisis when you have all these people having been evicted and foreclosed on and the the uh, moral narratives begin the uh, oh the moral hazard and the all these people who uh, the profligate renter dead, they were uh, living in <laughs> in apart apartment pods that were beyond their means you know? <laughs> what were they thinking getting 82 square feet <laughs> yeah. this will be this will be the great pol- the political capital that Biden needs to to complete what he started with the 2005 bankruptcy bill and finally just do away with all bankruptcy. Yeah. All personal bankruptcy. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, I, for one, look forward to the million uh, articles and eventually a TV show on like TLC about subletting your apartment. You know, like. Now, if you understand, because of the 2005 bankruptcy bill, to actually qualify for a good old fashioned no asset bankruptcy where all your debts are wiped away and you pay nothing, you have to be a real shiftless motherfucker. <laughs> uh, you, you have to be real fucking uh, broke and uh, hopeless. And uh, uh, if you can get away with it, it's a great deal. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to read this uh, little short bit that kind of applies to this real fast. Uh so, of course, when the bankruptcy bill uh, eventually get, or when, you know, bankruptcy court eventually gets done away with and turned into that fucking court from uh, the, the bankruptcy court is no bankruptcy. Yeah, they'll, they'll just be that. No, it'll be that court from like the they'll third Batman film where fucking, uh, you know, uh, the scarecrow just you know, <laughs> fucking rolls over you. Uh, it's going to be that. But. For other people, it's going to be a little different. And this was from a Seattle Times article about the uh, uh, controversy over protesting tactics. And there's this little bit in here that I just really loved, uh, which was uh, more than 100 businesses in the downtown core, Belltown, Chinatown, International District and Capitol Hill have been damaged in protests since May 30, uh, May 30th. While the pandemic spurred recession has shuttered nearly 140 businesses in the city, according to the Downtown Seattle Association. 
some merchants around Broadway and the Pike Pine Corridor say sales are down by around half their normal summer summer revenues. Now, they go on to blame this on the protests, right? So this is going to be... So for the rest of us, we will get a moral narrative about the profligate renter who, yeah, was reached beyond their grasp for that to get to the triple digits in square footage. But the... For, you wanted your own personal toilet. <laughs> Uh, you with your minimum wage job. <laughs> you, a McDonald's worker who wanted to shit in and clean your own personal toilet. Yeah. You couldn't do with a hot plate on a counter. No, you wanted a whole microwave. <laughs> <laughs> you want a toilet, you get to pay a little more than 1500 bucks a month, my friends. But uh, yeah, but the, for everybody, uh, you know, for it's the. Just irresponsible. <laughs> Yeah. To put 75% of your income into your rent. That's yeah. just, uh, you know, that just shows financial illiteracy. For the urban capitalists, though, this is going to be their excuse. Just like Boeing is going to be like, we're going bankrupt, not because of a plane, you know, because we build planes that crash. <laughs> it's because of COVID. Uh, all, like, every major American city, every business is basically, gonna, and, you know, the bigger ones are going to come in hand out basically saying uh protests otherwise we would have had uh 100 of the business we had last year if it weren't for these protests yeah. well, <laughs> gimme 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 money you machine go burr the blame will be shifted one level down right so for yeah. all these fucking dog shit companies that have uh hollowed themselves out for uh stock buybacks and dividends that are worthless and run by fucking coked up idiots uh and crashing planes and killing people and whatever else they will get to go guys it was COVID. do you remember <laughs> the pandemic but if you do not uh uh, uh traffic in capital then maybe you traffic you, in owning 18 restaurants in the seattle area yeah, if you if you just you know uh miss some payments on your house you'll be like guys COVID. COVID. no 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 that was yeah. your personal fail. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Just like the 2008 crisis. Uh, leave, you know, if you're, you know, a major American bank, uh, no problem. But if well, you are a homeowner, fuck you. Well, it's it's so it's so simple. I mean, it's just like how um, Trump can go and go like, listen, you know, if it wasn't for me, this would be a lot worse. Like, would there even be a fast track for a vaccine? Um, <laughs> but, it's, but in this case, it'll be like, uh, yeah, well, you know, a a mod, a modern capitalist, very wealthy, best country in the world should be able to weather a pandemic economically, but for all the poor choices of its um, poor <laughs> citizens who ruined it for all of us <laughs> with their rented furniture mm -hmm. on their uh, Discover card. So, yes, yeah, so I look forward to all of our, like I said, local restaurant magnates, uh, claiming and probably getting massive like you know fucking bailout money from somebody uh basically that the protests are why they're not getting business like they did last summer and i'm very excited to for this to come to life right because uh, for, for the big companies yeah it's like it's actually their own fault but they'll blame covid and they'll get the bailout mm -hmm. for the yeah for, for on the ground companies, companies uh yeah. it'll be if it's COVID, it's, well, fuck you. That's just the economy. Go fuck yourself. Mm -hmm. So they'll have to, yeah, blame the protests. And uh, that'll work somehow. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Pretty excited. So how are you feeling, Colin? Are you happy to be back on the show? 
yeah. I well, yeah, it's great to be back on the show, but I I mean, it's just so hard to uh keep living <laughs> with the reality of the world <laughs> as it is. I mean, like you said, Greg, I was actually literally just talking about this with my dad today. It's like a thousand people every day are dying in America alone, right? Still, like mm-hmm. and no one yeah. anywhere. No yeah. one yeah. most countries most like even underdeveloped countries in Africa are doing fucking gangbusters with this shit. Like not really having a problem. Yeah, and no one cares. No one cares yeah. at all. Not yeah. nobody cares. And I think that that is the thing. It's like the and and Culp's campaign even. He's talking about like you're talking about homelessness. Why why is that the chief issue, right? It's because there are so many people who are so comfortable and the status quo for them is only marginally decreased. And for, you know, the other 50% of people, uh, it's kind of life or death. That- yeah. When I, you know, I, I just looked and we're at 189,000 <laughs> dead yeah. in the U.S. Yeah. So that means by the time this gets out, we'll be out long before the fucking election. It's gonna be two fifty. Oh yeah, we'll be well over one ninety by the time this comes out. But I did see that they were gonna stop posting new numbers for the weekend, so like <laughs> they would save it till Monday, right, and not post on Saturday and Sunday anymore. So at least the weekends so you are can for have us a great, yeah, you can have a great weekend and just not think about it. Weekends are for the boys again. <laughs> <laughs> so. Ugh. Well, but yeah, you know, like, and, and then the fact that what it's like a hundred days of of people protesting police violence mm-hmm. yeah. and no one cares. That's yeah. things happening with that. No one's talking about it. No, no, uh, that's, it's been very clear. Like the the no, the enormous uprisings have been truly inspiring people coming out in solidarity against the brutalization, the constant terror of poor people black and brown communities by the blue shirts and yeah yeah no 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 effect on our supposedly democratic society just absolutely nothing yeah this town or anywhere else i mean uh yeah nothing not just absolute zero and i mean i think you said it on twitter greg Uh, it it is like hyper normalization we're just so inured in everything it's like well this is just normal now a thousand people die every day I'm not one of them, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people get killed by the police. I'm not one of them, so it's fine. Yeah, pe- uh, it's people die every day. I guess it's just <laughs> going to be the, the motto that we all chant to ourselves in our mirror. Large parts of America are more are literally more upset about the protests themselves yeah. than right. people than the now more than 700 people who've been killed by American police just this year. Yeah. It's just so I don't know. It's, it's so shameful. It's so mm-hmm. disgusting. This is the way it's a this is the diseased society. And yeah. Then, and then like again, like you said, Greg, there, where's the leadership? Like, what is what is ha, is anybody driving the car, or is it just inertia taking us off the fucking cliff? Like, everyone's just kind it of happens. hoping. It does happen to societies. Well, it inertia feels, just takes them off a cliff. Like it, it's not. Yeah. It's not some thing that can't happen. Well, it feels yeah. like we're about the car is halfway off the cliff, and it probably yeah. is going to go all that, the way off that, in that, November. That funny part where you're you're walking back and forth, or trying to get something off the dashboard before you get out of the car. You know, yeah, yeah. Not to mention the fact, like Brian said, the world's on fire. I mean, you know, yeah. like what what future? Uh, yeah, fifty fifty two percent of Zoomers are living at home. 
Yeah, no future at all. Like they have, uh, no, they have like eight thousand dollars or something like to their name. To the entire generation. Combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, as I was say, I, I have like a good job. I don't have eight thousand dollars, but I feel like every park bench in America would have no future carved into it, like fucking Terminator Two, except for the fact that nobody can go to the parks anymore. <laughs> 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 you know? Like it, it really is like everything is foreclosed. It's it's uh, it's truly astonishing, and it is one of those things. I remember for a long time, people used to always say, if uh, if things get worse, then things will change around here. And uh, boy, are are we finding out that's not true. I mean, listen, listen. <laughs> discount that so many millions of people have come out in the street in solidarity mm-hmm. oh, yeah. um, against this disgusting society. Um, but it's gonna, you know, it's just going to take a lot more than that. <laughs> it's going to take a lot fucking more. And if, if this if this moment passes and that lesson has been learned, all those people have been radicalized and learned that lesson are ready to go bigger the next time and bigger the next time after that. Well, you know, but I mean, sure. Then that's hopeful. I mean, I want to be hopeful about, um, uh, the uprisings in general, um, because it is, it has, you know, it is beautiful to see people and still, still to this day out in the street, but so many people in this country, Mm -hmm. literally millions have at least been out there, uh, once or twice. And, uh, but what, what else you got? That's all you can. That's the only hope you could possibly cling to. But that is so, so far, yeah. so far from any actual um, motion on anything, because we've answered the question, can sustained protest move a small like what is a relatively small needle through our current like uh, democratic process through our current like form of government? relative to like the problems of like climate change or something mm-hmm. like, fucking doing anything about the police is nothing right yeah. now you can talk about the the super structural reasons why that is in the case of police in general um but either way it it does must without getting into that sort of theoretical level about you know the nature of police under capitalism it's got to have a lot of people have got to have got to have tuned into the fact that they thought they were living in a democracy and they were fucking wrong, right? If you thought, oh yeah, if there are reasonable demands and it's really like seen to be needed and people are backing it in the street, you would think some tiny fucking minor like joke of something would come along to at least appease people. No, mm-hmm. nothing, nothing anywhere. This is one of we. This city right here has been has gotten closer than almost anywhere else and dog shit. Absolute dog shit. Yeah, I... I, I wanted to read real quick. I saw this right before the show started. It's a, a tweet from friend of the show, Sean Scott. Uh, but he had tweeted referencing the current, you know, police SPD wilding out downtown literally right now. Mm-hmm. Uh Three months into a new uh, three months into a new civil rights movement, the Seattle Police Department continues using pepper spray despite repeated denunciation by city officials and an ordinance forbidding them to do so. Nobody in city government has the ability to make them stop. Reform is a sham, and like yeah. that's the lesson, right? Which is why I think, again, while you know, there's never any point where we haven't been aware of the role of police under capitalism on the Seattle Sucks podcast. We've also been very enthusiastic about this um, like particular uh, locus of action in the class war. And it's because that it shows. Look, look what it shows. Look, 
Look how many people have had to stare down the barrel of this reality and realize it is a gun in their face and like that there's not a fucking thing they can do. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there is no, there is no reforming the system and there is no movement on fuck all through a democratic process that we have now. Yeah. We just elected what, you know, what everyone's saying were the, the most progressive council. <laughs> and sure enough, look, that, that's, that's true to me because this because these people got closer than anybody else, uh, but they all they you know they've backed down one one they did one little thing and not everyone hailed them in the street for it. The <laughs> Seattle Times, the mayor, and the police chief uh, whined about it, and that's and they're backpedaling. You know, so it's pathetic. Yeah, well, good times all around. <laughs> well. <laughs> Colin, friend of the show. If Colin, if I could take you on a little aside real quick, yeah, then we'll add it out. Sure. Brian, you, Greg, you did, did not the, have his mic on. You the did the sound sh- All right, Colin. Uh, hey, man. Uh, thanks for being a very special guest uh, on the show today. Is there anything you'd like to promote? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> not a single thing. <laughs> not parenting. <laughs> I, I cannot think of a single thing right now. I'm so, I'm cool. sorry. Well, we're glad to have you back. Hopefully, you'll be back all the time now. Um, yeah, I, I hope so too. We'll see. And uh, this, hey, uh, thanks for listening, everybody, to 100 episodes of Seattle Sucks, which is like I said, really like 160 or something. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's literally hundreds of episodes on Patreon. Um, At least yeah. 200. Thanks, everybody. It's been people. fun. Yeah. All right. Bye.